Let's get ready to rumble! Hello and welcome to Netflix vs. Cinema. We are one week closer. One week closer to cinemas opening. <laughs> Pubs are reopening next week. It, and if you're listening to this outside of the UK, you might not understand what it is I'm talking about. But pubs are reopening next week. And if pubs are reopening, that means that cinemas cannot be far behind. So we know that I think by June, we will have cinemas open again. And oh, okay, I go ahead of myself in all my excitement of the fact that cinemas are almost back here. My name is Tosin. <laughs> I am the host of this show. And joining me as always on the Isle of Wight are Sharon. Hello. And Sean. Hey, hiya. Right. So, yeah, cinemas are, are, are on their way back. We reckon cinemas are on their way back that we should have them pretty soon. Films are beginning to say this is when we're going to be releasing. This is when we're going to be having things out again. And so... Almost in preparation for us getting back into the swing of talking about six films a week, where one things, three things are in the cinema, three things are at home. We are trying to sort of narrow down what it is that we talk about on the show. So, Sean, I know this is going to mean that a lot of your stuff falls by the wayside because, always, yeah. <laughs> because you watch at least four things, four things <laughs> every week. And that, that's been conservative. Four things every week. Uh, I think, uh, Sharon, you will probably be, like, relieved because, like, the pressure to watch anything is off because, hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because, as we know, you have been experiencing TV fatigue throughout, yes. this, throughout this lockdown period. I think with, with my, my new life as a father, I think, I think I can handle about one thing at home and one thing in the cinema each week. I think I can just about do it. So, so we should be good. We should be good. But what we're going to do this week is that we have been watching things at, uh, uh, well, as the name of the show says, Netflix Cinema. We usually watch things in cinema, watch things at home, and then say, where has the money been better spent this week? Or was it still worth it going out to the cinema? And um, so what we're going to do this week is that um, I've, I have brought one thing to the table of what I've watched this week that I want to talk about. Sharon, <clears throat> excuse me, Sharon, you have one thing you want to talk about. And Sean, you have, what, five things you want to talk about? But we've, five, possibly, yeah. <laughs> but, but we've negotiated, we've twisted your arm, and you will give a quick prezi of all the other things, and then there's one you shall bring forward and say, but this is the one I really want to talk about. Yeah. This is the one I want to bring forward. Okay? Okay. So, Sean, let's kick off with, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do a couple of your also rants. Yep. Then we'll go to Sharon and we'll do her thing. Then okay. we'll come back to you for some also rants. Then we'll go and we'll do my <laughs> thing. Then we can come up with your final thing that you actually want to present at the end. Okay? Okay. That sounds good. That sounds really, really good. Okay. So, okay. Sean, let's get okay. off. What are your first two also rants? <laughs> okay. Well, the one I watched yesterday, because I, I liked the synopsis of it and I sounded it, but it was, it's called Creation Stories. Oh, yeah. And basically, it's a brand new, brand new one, 2021, and it's about the infamous Creation Records label that, that got Oasis. And basically, the story is... Um, there's a, a Scots guy, this producer, and it's all his early life, and then he, he manages to sign Oasis, and he gets and it goes from one. Now, I can I can sum this one up really, really super quick, you know, and just say that it was it started off absolutely brilliant, absolutely with with all the bands that I like, all the music, yeah, okay, all the music, it was all lovely, and it was um, and then it just fell on its, its backside, and it was uh, it was dull and terrible so the first 20 minutes was really exciting because it was all early bands it was punk it was um you know the new the, the new wavy sort of stuff and he was he got this little band together and he managed it 
didn't really go anywhere. And then he tried these other bands, and then he got one called the Jesus and Mary Chain. Oh yeah, and um, you've heard of them, I guess. Jesus yeah, and Mary Chain. Yeah. yeah. And I haven't then, heard anything by them, but I've heard of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, but then he managed to. He's in the pub one day, and he manages to sign Oasis. And basically, the whole film was him telling the story to this, uh, to this, and he gets involved in loads of drugs and loads of. This is. Have I got to do both of them? Uh, no, 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 no. Oh. This is just for this is just for the one. Oh, this is just for the one. Okay. We'll give you two minutes per film. Oh, wait, okay. <laughs> so two minutes, right? Well, I could probably have done this one in a minute and say that no, it's really dull and boring and not very good at all, <laughs> and I probably. The first first 20 minutes was okay, good, and that's purely purely because of music, and I liked the bands and the music they were playing, and I could relate to it. But after that, it was just him getting drunk and all the drugs he'd done and all the people he met, and it was just drugs and drink and drugs and drink and drugs and drink and drugs and drugs. I didn't really go anywhere. So that one was, uh, for me personally, wasn't wasn't worth a look. It wasn't look worth a looking at all. Okay, uh, how many stars did you give that? Two, two. Was that is that is, that, is it? Risk fans who plays the guy. No, no, no. It's um, it's the guy who was in um, Train Spotting, the one who played Spud in Train Spotting. Oh, Ewan Bremer. Ewan Bremer, yeah, Ewan Bremer. That was that was a guy. Oh yeah, yeah because this is a. I think I read an article about this film on the BBC website. But it seems that a lot of the films that are made around that period, that sort of Britpop period, seem to fall down that rabbit hole where they start off mm. strong and then don't really have a story to tell. Yeah, yeah. So pretty poor, really. I, I wouldn't ever bother with that again. All right, cool. Right, okay. Next one we go for. What should I go for the next one? What one would you like to see? Uh, let's do. Should we do Gattaca? This is an older film. Oh yeah, Gattaca. Uh, yeah, you, Gattaca. I've never seen Thorman. That's it. And I'd never seen this film. And, and I know. I mean, I'd seen it about, and I'd seen it on, and seen it, but I'd never actually watched it. Yeah. And um, have you seen this, Sharon? Have you seen Gattaca? No. I, it's again. It's passed me by at the time. I think. I don't know why, but I think I just just didn't watch it at the time. But it, that's it. So this story basically is about the job you get or the the, 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 the how you do in life is all determined by your DNA. By your genes, yeah. By your genes. You can have a DNA test. You can, you know, and if you've got a potential partner, you can get a piece of their hair and go to this place and it will tell you what, you know. Whether you're allowed to or yeah. not. And the story is Ethan Hawke and um, he basically takes on this persona of a, should we call them alphas for the want of something else? And yeah. And then Jude Law is the actual, actual guy with the blood, and yet they have to do the take the blood, and he takes his wee, and he has to every time he goes in for a check, he has to. He's got like a bag on his on his leg, yeah. which he. It, it, it's it's a it's a sort of future society. Future society it's where a everything. Like, a, bit, a bit like in Logan's Run, they say everything you you you're not allowed to live past thirty. In this, everything is determined by your DNA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then then there's a murder. There's a murder, and. Um, so they want to try and find this murder. So they like hoover all the machines. They're looking for all. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was quite interesting. It was quite interesting. Um, I wouldn't particularly say it was a standout movie. It was for me, it was pretty standard fair. I'm glad I watched it. And it was quite interesting. Terrific performances. And Jude Law and Ethan Hawke did look very, very similar. You could see that they might, even with the photographs, that they were done with slicked hair and stuff. Yeah. You could see. So, yeah. So this, for me... This one would probably just be a three-star and pretty average film. I don't know. I, I assume you've seen it, Toes, yeah? Yeah, I've, I've seen it, yeah. I've seen Gattaca. And, because think, that, that was like a 90s movie. So when you think about it, it sort of predated Black Mirror by yeah. God knows how many years. Yeah. And, and I, 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 I quite like the film. I quite like the film. I think that the... The what if okay we're running out of time, but I think what it what it puts forward as a, as an idea or as in this is the way the world could be. I think it realizes it very well, and I think the whole thing where this the the idea that not everything is determined by your genes it does it quite well. But anyway, 
I'm taking I'm, I'm sort of extending your period so but Gattaca three out of five and, yeah, and it's a, as you can see it's a film that I would actually love to talk about more because yeah. it's a film that I think prompts discussion alright well, so, we, we, we save that one then yeah we, we have we've had two of Sean's now as we promised we now have to go to Sharon and uh, Sharon okay so t- Sean had two minutes for his also runs and now Sharon we are going to give you seven minutes oh. for your feature presentation my main feature okay I saw <clears throat> season one of a program called The Expanse now, uh, and because according this... to Netflix it's a cinema we need, we need to remind ourselves of some of these rules don't we <laughs> because yeah. cinemas are coming back if we bring a TV show to the fore we have to have seen the entire season because that's when a story is complete alright so there are I, I keep this kept popping up on my you might like this list on Amazon rather than on Netflix yeah. so I and there are five seasons and I'd heard sort of I'd heard nothing about it for the first four seasons, but then people started murmuring about, you know, this is one of the a good thing that you you probably would have missed, yeah. but it is worth catching up with. So I thought I'll catch up with Expanse, and as I do with all series, I started at the beginning. So the I'll, I can only review season one, but season one is set in the future where the Expanse is basically human the human technology and commercialism and capitalism has expanded to encompass uh, the whole of the solar system. Mm. Mars has been colonized, and then the outer planets have also been colonized, and, and they are mined for their resources. And back in, before the setting of our, our series, people basically went out as migrant workers to the outer planets to work as miners, and their children and grandchildren have been raised on basically on these mining platforms. Yeah, circle these planets and moons where they basically are these giant space stations and a lot of them have never been on planet they've never been to earth they've never lived anywhere but on in an artificial environment and so they're beginning to develop some sort they're to develop mutations um they can't stack they can't live in gravity they're so used to artificial gravity that their their limbs have become extended and they they're basically they're taller and they're sort of lankier and they're looser and they're becoming like a different class of citizen and so on these platforms they have formed this political group called the opa the outer planets alliance where they're trying to get rights for their people so this is the broad setting and then in the middle of this there is a very wealthy man from earth his daughter has gone missing. She'd gone on a fact-finding mission to one of the outer planets, and she has gone missing. And a local police officer, who is a, who is from the outer planets, who's never been to Earth himself, he has been born on one of these platforms, has been tasked with the job of trying to find out what happens to her. And as he investigates, there's another sequence of seemingly random events where a, a space freighter, which is taking ice to the outer planets because one of the most valuable resources on the planets is water and any form of moisture so they ship in ice yeah and this um space freighter has been was responding to an sos message and then is fired upon by an unknown assailant and everyone on board is killed except for one small away team that were going to investigate the distress signal so you have these three seemingly events you've got this outer the OPA terrorists, you've got yep. this missing person, and then you've got this unidentified space uh, attack. Yeah. And all these threads, as the series goes on, 
um, come together and you realise that these seemingly random events are actually connected and that there's a bigger picture going on, which is basically a power play between Earth, Mars and the outer planets. And that is how the story, I can't give you any more details, but you then see this story from people on Earth who are that, the political machinations. Yeah. You see people, you see people on the planet. It's like the head of the OPA is played by Jared Harris. Oh. Uh, the police officer is played by Thomas Jane. And I don't know any of the people on the spaceship, but they're character actors that you would go, oh, I think I've seen you in something. Before. Oh, is, is that guy from that thing? Yeah, he's that guy. <laughs> yeah. And so these, and then on Earth, there's some amazing character actors on Earth. But again, it's the names you go, I know you, and I know you, and I know you, <laughs> but I can't think what your name is. Yeah. Um, so there's this cast of characters. But yeah, as it's all these sort of separate threads all begin to draw in, and then it becomes a bigger, a bigger story. So I've, I've heard a lot of good things about this show. It's one of those things that people, everybody who watches it says, oh my God, you've got to get into it. And obviously once you start talking about space, everybody starts thinking about Star Trek. But this yeah. seems a lot more uh, political, almost sort of Games of Thronesy in space. Yeah, yeah. There are, there are maneuverings and things that are happening that you think there's something behind this more than just what, what it would appear. Yeah. And so, and, but I thought, yes, it, to me, it felt like... If you were to jump forward into 200 years, we probably won't be wearing jumpsuits and drive flying hovercraft and, you know, be, be dealing with thousands of alien species. Yeah. We're probably going to be a bit like we are now, but just a couple of hundred years in the future. Yeah. So there will be technology, <laughs> but it won't be suddenly like light years. It will be, it'll, you know, it'll, it, be, it'll, it'll, be it'll move forward a bit, but, but humans yeah. will still be humans. Yeah, so when they're on these spaceships, you can see the engineering of the spaceships. They're not polished, smooth, you know, with Jeffrey's tubes going everywhere. There are ladders, there are bolts, there are nuts, there are things that break, there are things that you have to, to patch together because you can't got access to the peop to the repairs and these the, the you aren't you aren't part of the Federation. All and right. when you walk in a zero gravity atmosphere, they have like these gravity boots that allow you to they're magnetized so you can clink 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 so it feels like a more real environment than some of the environments you see in other science fiction there. would you would you dare say it's what star trek discovery season three should have been maybe i would go <laughs> yes i would head down that line because i think star trek can't resist the gloss and the glamour <laughs> and they can't resist um yeah having beautiful people every, in every scene whereas i think this they're some, there's certainly some handsome people, but they're not all glammed up. Yeah. Um, so there, you get the feeling that yeah, it's it's probably it's, you can almost smell the petrol fumes and the artificial air and the, the you get the feel of it that this this is grittier, it's earthier, it's sort of greasy and sweaty. Okay. So did it live up to the hype? How many stars did you give it? No, I thought it was good. I thought you have to give it some attention because sometimes they talk about things you think I need to remember that. <laughs> it's probably going to come up later. So some of the political talk I was ignoring and I was thinking, I probably should pay attention to all that political stuff. Uh, so I'd say it was worth it. It's good. It's worth it. I'm going to carry on watching it. I would say, it, for me, it's a strong, strong three heading towards a four. Yeah. I would only reason I wouldn't quite give it a four is because at the moment I haven't yet found that one character who I'm going, come on. <laughs> they're, they're all a bit like, well, I like them all, but I'm not really rooting for any particular one or another so i could see it in the future if someone dies i'd be a bit like oh that's sad <laughs> yeah is it a bit like june 
Is it a bit like June? I was no, thinking that. Not as stylized as June. No, right. Okay. Yeah, but when you, when you were mentioning the the beginning thing and everybody moving mm. things around, I was thinking this sounds. Even though I've never read Dune, or actually, I've read a little bit of Dune. The little I've read, I was like, that sounds a little <laughs> a little Dune-y, shall we say? Mm. I would say the only thing I could say classic cinema that you would probably it's. 2001 space odyssey not as stylized as that yep. but you get the feeling that this is it's mm. telling a bigger story than just what you see and yep. maybe a bit of aliens thrown in there without the aliens but that sort of atmosphere that's of lived in lived in that future Nostromo type ship is a more recognizable ship than the enterprise or the discovery so right. yeah i would say a strong a strong three but not quite a four for me yet all right, a strong three for the first season of The Expanse. I mean, anything that gets to five seasons is either really good or just really bad. They <laughs> <laughs> haven't got the heart to kill it. <laughs> yeah, well, no, like 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 keeping up with the Kardashians. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> how is that on season? Oh, it's finally ending on season twenty something. But anyway, I haven't seen a single episode of that, so no, I'm me happy neither. To say that I've got it's passed me by. I, I tried. I, I really tried. <laughs> I really, I really, tried. I was just kind of. I don't understand why. Why are we watching this? Why is this of note? I don't get this. I just, I just had to conclude it wasn't made for me. All right, so Sean, we're going back to you. Well, your next, your next set of also rans. Okay, next set of also rans. Well, let's do Antebellum then. Okay. Oh, Antebellum. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want yeah, to hear about oh, this. Unless, yeah. I mean, will you get to see it? Because we can save this one. And to, if you think you might get a chance to see it, I could save this in the pocket for a couple of weeks because I no. could talk a little bit more about it. Okay, okay, okay. Before we, okay, before we start the timer, I'll tell you why I haven't seen this film. Right. Because, okay. uh, because this film, the trailer, uh, this was supposed to be released in cinemas, and it hasn't mm. been released in cinemas because COVID. So I think it's it wasn't a big enough name, even though it has Janelle Monet in it, who is whose stock is rising and rising as an actress mm. or actor, and um, and uh, so it was supposed to be released in cinemas, and they released the, the, the trailer somewhere in the middle of last year, and I was like, I'm not watching that film. And it, <laughs> and it's, it has to do with this whole thing because obviously there's a lot of stuff that's being done. There's a TV show at the moment called Them, which is focusing a lot on uh, black pain and the pain right. that black people have to do that comes from historical issues. Yeah. And something's just, something's, I think something's cracked in me. That means I just, I don't want to watch stories. <laughs> You've had where, enough. <laughs> where, where I don't want to watch stories. I know it's history and I think it needs to be pointed out and it needs to be, it, people need to realize that there's some stuff that we're dealing with today that stems from all the stuff that happened back yeah. then, happened in the slave trade, yeah. happened in how yeah. Europe cheated Africa to begin with. Yeah. But when I saw the trailer for this film, and the trailer for this film made me think, it, essentially, it starts off and it looks like it's the antebellum style, which is where the, where the title comes from. It comes from, yeah. And you have, you have General Monet, and she is in the middle of a field co- pick, picking cotton, and then she looks up and she sees a plane. And obviously you're thinking, hang on a second, if the slave trade is on... There shouldn't be a plane. And so what this looked like, it looked a little bit get out to me in that it looked as if there was almost a group <laughs> of people. And this this might be totally wrong, but this is what I thought when I saw the trailer for this. It looked like it was a group of people who were capturing black people and taking them to a world where they wanted to pretend like it was the old school slavery time. <laughs> yeah. So they were taking, and so you'd see bits in this trailer where Jill Monet looks like a modern day woman who lives in New York or something. And it's all dressed up, and then some other. She's dressed up as a slave, and I was just, I was just kind of like, this film makes it look as if they've done a get out thing where they've gone and they kidnapped black yeah. people, put them in a field because they want to go back to how things were. And I was like, 
I can't watch that film. It might be great, it might be brilliant, <laughs> but I'm sorry, I can't watch that film. Well, that's okay then, because I can. You pretty much, you pretty much said the film really, and um, yeah, because uh, that's why that's why I thought it was. That's 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 why I thought it was from the trailer. Yeah, and yeah. I thought I, I don't think I can. I don't think I can handle this. I mean, I mean, the reason. I mean, I I sort of watched it. I I because I mean, I'm quite where I am. I can watch the stuff. Is when I'm in the room, I've got the TV, so I can have it on actually, or I can start doing something and then I can flick through and if there's something to start in and I start to watch it and then I can watch the whole thing if it, if it get And it's, I mean, I, I really, I'm interested in the American Civil War. It's sort of a thing. And like you say, yeah. it start, starts off on a plantation where, you know, you've got the Confederates and generals and, and they're all, and so that's exact, exactly what it is really. And it is pretty much, and it is in your, and I mean, recently I think I've, I must have seen so many of these these yeah stories I don't about know if we can call them racial dramas or whatever they are but you know black I've, stories I've yeah so because I've watched quite a lot and to start off with it was really really interesting there's a, a few cru- cru- cruel moments um, mm. you know and there's some nasty things that that go on but at the end I, I won't say what it is at the end how everything is but the ending is just really, really, it's one of my stupid, huffy, cross me legs. <laughs> like, come on, no way, you know, oh, escapees, you know, oh, what? It's like, and people doing the, the chasing, they're just doing stupid things, and it's just like, yeah, no. So it's not really, I'm, I'm glad you're saying you're probably not going to worry about it because I didn't think it was that good. It had moments, it had moments, and the acting was good. I can't, yeah. I can't fault the acting, and the acting was good. I'm a real, big but, fan of Janelle Monáe here. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, terrific acting and it was as when the film started off you did think oh we're, we're in the deep south you know this is the deep yeah. south this is like a, a, a confederate plantation but no it didn't really grab me didn't so this this probably be getting towards a low three right. a low low three so i'll give it a three just purely for the start but you know it's not yeah. it's not a high one it's i'll just give it that for the acting the acting makes it three I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you if I ever go over my issues and then get around to watching this film. I'll tell, okay. But but yeah. But I think there is a certain brand of film where I just I just can't hack. I, no. I, at the moment, I just can't hack it. It's a, it's the reason why I have not seen. <laughs> is why I have not seen when they see us. Everything I've yeah. read about when they see us says that it is an amazing piece of television, and I am pretty sure it is because it's Ava DuVernay. I've watched the first thirty minutes of the season, and I thought. This is good. This is great. This is too real. Can't watch it. <laughs> so it's mm. so yeah. And, and um, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just as I've grown older. All of a sudden, I can't. I can't handle. Uh, there's something about stories where it's just black people being abused that just uh, yeah, it, yeah. it gets me in a weird yeah. place. All right. Um, do we have another one before you come to your main thing? Yes, we have got another one that we can do, which is called the furnace. The furnace. Uh, yeah. All right. This is a period drama in Australia, and it is about. Um, before motorized transport, they used camels. So these are like camel drovers, which carry yeah. the stuff across. And uh, there's been a bank robbery. Some gold's been robbed. And a certain thing happens. There's, someone's got injured. And it's basically a journey with this drover over the gold. The good thing about this, actually, I probably could have spent a bit more on this because it's a real... It's, there's Sikhs in it, there's Muslims in it, there's Chinese in it, there's English in it. There's just like, and it's just like a whole period. And it's so, so convincing. It is such a good, convincing film of the period on Australia. And obviously, they're, they're, it's, they're, they're in the outback, you know, obviously, which yeah. is why they've got the camels. So, and basically, it's a story with this guy with the camels 
teams up with the guy who's robbed the place, saves him, and then it's this little journey. And then they're being chased. There's this 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 other subplot where the the police or the the sort of police are trying to chase it and find out where this gold's gone. And they come across these Chinese these Chinese people that are, and there's a bit of a shootout. And it's um, it's this this is this is a great film. I'm really really really, really super impressed with this. Yeah. Um, and it really and I mean it's based on true so oh the aborigines are in it as well because and basically the ending i would say the story is because the aborigines they have to go out into the bush with no with nothing you know and survive and all that so yeah and basically it's a journey and at the end of the film the sort of he's, he's obviously because certain things happen and he, he basically gives up the gold and so he's he's done his journey so it's almost like he's done he's he's been out in the bush and he's oh, that's his, his walkabout isn't it yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's done that because they they get a bit funny with him. The the Aborigines get a bit funny with him when they see that he's got the gold. You know, they're like, well, we want nothing to do with this because you know we, this will bring trouble on us and all that." Yeah, so yeah. You, you need to go. You need to go out into the the wild. You know. So yeah, it's a very very powerful film. I really really liked this movie. I thought it was excellent, and I'm going to give this one a four. Cool. Was this a was this a um, an Australian movie then? Yes, it was Australian movie. Yeah, yeah. See now, I I have a lot of time for Australian cinema. Definitely, definitely. I, I have a lot of time for Australian cinema because I feel it's well. I have a lot of time for cinema that we don't get to see a lot of because America is a bit played out. Mm. <laughs> yeah, say. yeah, yeah. And so even even when you go to a different country and you even if they're doing a take on an American story, I think I think it's fascinating. And I think that now there's there's more of a thing of representing history as it actually was as opposed yes. to the way you know the mm. victor in inverted commas decides to show you it's like yeah yes um, and i think especially in australia there's this new almost new wave of uh, let's deal with our history yeah because really. we used to be like oh yeah oh it used to be ascension days and like you know this guy arrived Croc- in australia a cro- <laughs> crocodile dundee yeah good yeah. lord good lord <laughs> But Good Lord! This, yes. this, I would recommend this, and I think Sharon would probably uh, you you probably enjoy it too, Tozen. But I think it is one that's worth a watch if you get a chance to see it. The Furnace, any, yeah. Any recognised actors? No. Ooh, I Although like I it. think I think the the robber might be. I I I, I mean I'm I can't look anything up. Might have been in Gotham. He might have played. Well. Uh, well, the thing is that you know that if it's Australian and it's like it's a cliche, but only because it's kind of true. Yeah, I if mean a lot of. I mean, you've got a. There's this 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 piece in it where there's like you've got a Sikh, and you've got obviously Muslims, and the Muslims are doing their prayer, but the Sikh isn't. Mm-hmm. And the the the, the Bob says, "How come you're not not doing that?" And more or less saying, he goes, "Well, well, I'm a Sikh, you know, and we got a different. We that's we don't do that. Yeah, you know, and so there's all those little little." Because he's got the turban on, and that you know, I'm a yeah. Sikh. I don't, I don't pray to the the West, East, or whatever it is they they do every time. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I probably could have spoken about this one a bit more, but I'll probably catch some others. So yeah, all, all right, cool. Right. I know I, I like this, but I was saying that if it's an Australian film, the cliche is that if you've watched Neighbours, you've probably seen a lot of the people in the film. <laughs> yeah, no, it was this. There was a lot of. I think the the Aborigine, the Aborigine chap might have been the one that was in. Um, what was the other one we did? A few the, weeks back? the 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 nightingale. Bird. The nightingale. nightingale yeah, it. yeah. I think it might have been that 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 actor was probably the same. <laughs> yeah, you know, was... them fellas, them fellas, yeah, yeah. <laughs> them fellas. Yeah, you know, the the oh, this is funny because you, I was I was going. It's a it's a bird. 
I love that film. The it's a singing bread. I was like, the yeah, pheasant. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, the pheasant. I was like, no, it's not the pheasant. No one's gonna call the film the pheasant. <laughs> All right, um, we carry on. So, Sean, you've given us two films. So, I think you, the only film that you have left to do is the one you're actually bringing to the table. Yes. All right. Yeah. So we'll now go over to me and my the, my thing I'm presenting for this week, and it is something I saw. On, ah, that's it. Saint Francis. Saint Francis. Saint Francis. Let me start up the timer on myself. Seven minutes. Right. So, St. Francis. This is a film that um, was released at the beginning. I think around about the beginning of 2020. I think it might have had a little bit of a run in cinemas and some places, but it's mostly shown up online for a lot of people. And on the surface of it, remember that was a, a couple of, I don't know, probably a couple of months ago on the podcast, we were talking about the film The King of Staten Island. And my summary of The King of Staten Island, because it's like a lot of Judd Apatow movies, is like the summary of it is, oh, man baby grows up a little. And that's that's the film. And this is a film that on the surface of it could be accused of being like the female version of it, because it's all about this woman. And the first scene of the film is a lady and she is in a she's in a party and there's this guy who's talking about the fact that he woke up one day and he just thought oh my god what have i done with my life i was well kill myself i haven't achieved anything i'm 34 and i haven't done anything but don't worry you still have a lot of time in your life and she's like um and he's he's like um he's like what do you do she's like, i'm a server in a restaurant and he's like oh yeah yeah uh, but don't worry you have a lot of time he's like no i'm 34 <laughs> and so the whole idea of the film comes about that she is at this part part, part in her life She's 34, she's dropped out of university, she hasn't achieved a lot of the things that people think that she's supposed to have achieved, be it family, be it house, be whatever that is. And a friend of hers who has stopped to, a friend of hers who went to university with her before she dropped out, has just quit this job because she's just had a, a child. And it's been a nanny for, uh, been a nanny for a child over the, over the summer period. So it's um, the child's name is Franny. Everybody calls her Franny. Her name is Francis, hence the name of the film Saint Francis. Yep. And and it's about uh, so she goes for the interview. She goes for the interview. The she meets the the, the child's parents. There's, it's a lesbian couple who are about to have the second child. <laughs> yeah, it's a lesbian couple who are about to have the second child. And so she sort of leaves, going, "Oh, I think I messed it up. I don't think I got the job. I, I because I was just honest. I told them, I told them the truth. I don't really go on with my family. It was like, I don't go with my brother. It's like, uh, no, don't particularly like kids or anything like that. And you're supposed to look after the six year old child." Then she gets a call where someone just she gets a call um, of the family saying, "Can you come back? The person who we who we actually hired doesn't our child's not gelling with them. Could you come back, please? We need somebody short short notice." So she goes back to be be the nanny of this um, child throughout the summer, and it's essentially one of these films where you could say she doesn't really. It's not like she grows much throughout the film, but it's about a relationship. It's a relationship that she develops with the with the women uh, with the parents of the child with the child herself and this film even though it has on the surface of it like a very sort of like you know arrested development gets moved along a little bit that's the that's the what this film really is is about women and women's relationships there are things that you see on this film that you see on screen on this film like a woman getting her period a woman getting her period oh, that yeah. you're like yeah that, that you're kind of like whoa don't see that on screen. Haven't seen that in, oh, I haven't seen that a lot. Then you start thinking, hang on a second. Why haven't I seen that on screen? I mean, you see all sorts of things with bodily functions with men, but, <laughs> you, but you never see something that is a, an everyday occurrence for a lot of women. And then you start realizing that this film has a 
deeper thing at the heart of it. It's all there's so it's so Sean, you know how sometimes we we talk about films when they when they have a they have a a point or they have something they have a they have a cause that they're trying to raise. Raise, yeah. Yeah, and sometimes it gets a bit too much like oh for goodness sake. Uh, okay, we get it. You have a cause. We get it. You think that's bad. We get it. You think and this film does it what I think you would say is the right way. And it tells a story. And within this story, then you have all these other issues that get dropped in there. There's things like, um, there's issues that top, touch on contraception, where you have some men who seem to think that contraception is a woman's job. And it's like, why is that a woman's job? There's things <laughs> like, there's things like, um, like, you know, the, like the pro-choice versus pro-life thing that come up. There's things like breastfeeding in public. And everything that, oh, pretty much every scene in this film has something to do with what it's like to be a woman in the present world. Right. Oh, right. Okay. It's all about the women's relationships and it's all about how they react together. I mean, the fact that they have a lesbian couple, I mean, it allows them to go into that area of things and just look at like, you know, it goes, it talks about postpartum depression and why that's such a big thing. It talks about one of the mothers is, uh, is quite, is devoutly Catholic. And it's all about, okay, how do you marry that with what you're actually going through in life? If you're going through postpartum depression, how do you marry that with it's like have you seen a doctor no i've prayed and it's oh. yeah and i think it's it's written by the lady who um i think her name is molly o'sullivan who plays the lead character she plays the lead character bridget and um i just think it's supremely well acted especially and i have to say this because every time we see a good child actor i think it deserves praise from the really? child, yep. for the child actor and for the people who cast the child actor from the director working with the child actor so the the child actor who plays francis she's six, six years old is cute beyond belief but also everything she does is kind of believable like there's a scene where she's being pushed by the nanny in a in a in a stroller and the nanny sort of like you know bounces the stroller to sort of like because she because she's been she's been so sort of smart to her or anything like that to sort of like you know sort of punish her for being smart and she kind of goes <laughs> again again <laughs> <laughs> and so it's it's a uh, yeah I thought it was a very very good film I thought it was a very good film there were some things in it that I that obviously it's what the filmmakers think um, I don't. I think that there's more of a discussion to be had about it, but I like the way they put it forward. Be um, like, um, especially when it comes to like the whole pro-life, pro-choice thing. The the way they put it forward, I really like the way they did it. There's a character in it where, so she meets a guy at the beginning of the film who's younger than her, but like, you know, is really, really into her and everything like that. And he's trying, and he's the one who's trying to have a relationship and she's the one who's just kind of going, oh, for goodness sake, what is wrong with you? Leave me alone. <laughs> and and I just think it's, I think it's, it's really, well, there's one scene she has with her parents, which I think is great. It's mostly with her mom, because again, the point of this film is about women's relationships and women's experience in the world nowadays. I think it's great. I think it's brilliant. I think I'll give it a four out of five. Oh, cool. Yeah, and yeah. I think it's, it's, it's an issue film that manages to not seem like an issue film. And it's only as you're watching it, you're going, I haven't seen that on screen like ever. I haven't seen the reality of that on screen like ever. Why is that? Like there's a scene where somebody, th- there's a scene that is built around going to your boyfriend's house and trying, and what happens when your tampon won't flush down the toilet. Oh dear. <laughs> yeah. Things like that, yeah. Yeah, and things like that. And those are things that we just don't see on screen. So I would say St. Francis, find it out. It's on Netflix at the moment. I, I think it's a really, really good film. I think, I'm not sure if it's up for any Oscars or anything like that, but I think if with, uh, in a normal year, there would, have, there would probably have been a b- few more people um, 
clamoring about it. I think it was a Sundance hint. But anyway, let's carry on. And now we carry on to the final film of the show, which is Sean. All this the ones you have, you have thrown Gattaca to the side. You, you said <laughs> no to Gattaca. You said no to The Furnace, which you really, really liked. I wanted really to liked, say more yeah. about. You said no to some other ones that I think you, uh, you would much rather forget. Oh, no, Antebellum. You said no to Antebellum yeah. and one other one that I've already forgotten. And you have brought this film. You have this said film, this yes. is the film that I'm going to bring <laughs> forward. This is the film that because I'm going to give my seven minutes to. This is the film I'm going to give my seven minutes to. And yes. Um, okay, now this film... Okay, James Franco film, who oh. I think, oh, I think, well, I, I know, must really, really love his movies, must really, really love his, love his films. And he, he's in this, he plays, uh, he's like a, uh, he's bald-headed, he's got a bald head, but he's got a tattoo of A Day in the Sun of Elizabeth Taylor and Montgomery Clift on his, on his head. Oh, wow. And um, he just really, really loves that film. Anyway, he sort of, he turns up in Hollywood, he's a bit of a drifter, and it's quite strange. He gets picked up and they sort of, he gets interviewed with the, for the, the tape murders and all that. And then that's sort of gone out the window and he becomes a worker oh, on the wait, film. Wait, so, so wait, this is a period drama set in what? 1950, 60? Well, it, it covers, it covers a few years. So 69. So it covers from like 69 and then, then goes through. All right. Okay. It goes all the way through. So anyway, he gets a job as a sort of set maker on, on a film sets and that. And, um, He's walking along one day and he sees, and they're filming. Obviously, it goes, the years go very quickly. So, 1970, you've got Love Story, and there's Ryan O'Neill and Addie McGraw, obviously not them in, but they're, and it's like they're being directed, the directors, and they say, no, no, it's love never means never to say you're sorry. Love means, and, and she keeps getting it all wrong. She goes, oh, I've had enough of this and all that. And he's watching, he's watching this and he's sort of thinking, oh, yeah, all this movie stuff. And then this, this older lady comes and she's saying, oh, yeah, it was brilliant, wasn't it? The, the, and about the place in the sun and everything like that. Um, do you want to do some editing? Do you want to come in? And he finds out all about editing movies and all, all editing movies and all things like that. Yep. And he goes, he goes to a party. And at this party, you've got George Lucas. You've got um, uh, Apocalypse Now, Coppola. You've got Spielberg. And they're all talking about the, the different films that they might make and, and everything like that. Um, anyway, he gets a job in the editing thing and he gets a fixation on Megan Fox's in it. She plays this actress and he's edit he picks out this film, Jean Rowland film called Vampiros Lesbos. And she's in this film because he's, he's got a bit of a relationship with her and says, oh, what sort of films have you done? She says, oh, I've done a lot of European stuff. So he's looking through this big reel. John Rowland used to make sort of erotic vampire movies in the, in the early 1970s, you know. With, so, but he still gets fixated on her. So there's a bit of relationship there. And and different things happen anyway it's, Sean you haven't actually told us the name of the film yet at Zeroville Zeroville Z okay cool Zeroville yeah Zeroville now I think this film would probably be a totally totally Marmite and it would either be a lot of people think what is this all about what a load of rubbish and in fact I did actually look at some of the reviews on this and it is it does it's the whole thing it's from one, why bother? What a sloppy mess. What are this, that, the other, all that. And then there's the other saying, what, what a masterpiece. What a brilliant film. How did you do that? <laughs> and if you're, if, if you're a lover of the sort of cinema that I love, obviously I'm going to think this is a terrific movie. And the movies within a movie, they show um, uh, Razorheads in there. Um, 
Oh yeah, the, the, he actually gets to the set of Apocalypse Now. Of like, so they're talking. There's, there's like this little scene. He, he says, "Oh, you've got to come out to the Philippines. You've got to come out to the Philippines. You must come out. You, your editing is brilliant. We need you at the Philippines." So you've got this bit where you've got like Marlon. You only see the back of his head, but you've got like Marlon Brando going. Oh, that's all right. Yeah. You've got Marlon Brando doing his bits and 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 being directed and all that, and they're sort of watching from the background. Um, and they say, "Oh yeah, this is brilliant. We need you to cut our films." Um, we need you to edit the films. Your editing's brilliant. There's, there's people in it like Will Farrell. I, I don't really like Will Farrell. But, um, <laughs> so, but yeah, no. And the films, anyway, the films are in this. So, some the. the um, it sounds, Megan Fox. Sorry, sorry. Oh. You're gonna okay. You're gonna say something yeah. about Megan Fox, but it sounds almost Me- a little bit like they've done a Forrest Gump, but with Hollywood through the years. Uh, yeah, it's a little. Yeah, he's. It, yeah, yeah, possibly, possibly. He's he's not the full ticket, but I mean, he's he's bright enough, James Franco, and he, yeah. obviously he's got his little core of people with Seth Rogen and all, all those. Yeah, people. yeah. I, I just meant, I just meant like in the case of, um, uh, with the case of a fictional character going through actual historical events, historical mm-hmm. events, like yeah, and linking them yeah. all together. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I guess, I guess you could um, see it like that. But the films that are showing, the films he watched, and the icing on the cake was one of the films that he goes to a cinema. He's in New York. Yeah. And what's, I just see, I can't really see what that, oh, I've got a couple of minutes, have I? Yeah, yeah, go for um, minutes. Okay. And, I mean, <laughs> some some of the films, these are films that people wouldn't really watch. He goes in the cinema and watch the film, it's the Holy Mountain. And I'm like, no way! I can't believe he's, he's seen this film because that is a, I mean, it's a total, total, that film is just so so visual, really really visual movie, which I watch, you know. But it's just it's just a crazy crazy movie. Well, it's and just it's, it's kind of like a niche thing. Yes, definitely. It's a uh, uh, it's I can't even pronounce the guy's name. It's a Joronovsky film or something like that. He did he did another film called El Topo. So oh oh yeah, I know Jabarovsky. Yeah 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 he, that he, guy. So yeah, he was going to do Dune at one point. He was, yeah. So, but I mean, that's, that's mm. I, I really, really like the Holy Mountain. It's a terrific thing. In fact, I've watched it a couple of times. I quite often put it on if I just want to sit back and be immersed in a in something that needs to be at the cinema. So, so that was like the icing on the cake. I thought, yeah, that that wow, the whole film to me was a love letter to that seventies seventies yeah genre of films, and everything in it was like, oh wow, oh wow, oh wow. So it was, but. It would totally, totally, yeah. And uh, the one thing about when he's doing the editing, and the old woman says that to him, it's like, I can't, it's like a swear word, and it says continuity. So it's like the F, oh, yeah, F, yeah, yeah, F, yeah, continuity, yeah. 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 So continuity is what he says he's editing. Ah, oh, no, continuity. We, yeah. But, um, yeah, this, this I, I mean, I really, really totally enjoyed this film. I really, really did, because of all the elements that were in there, and, yeah. and I could relate to it a lot. But I think most people... Would probably think what a mess this film is. What the hell is it all about? What what crazy things, you know? Um, yeah. So yeah, a lot of people wouldn't like this. Yeah, because obviously it's starring James Franco and directed by James Franco. Because when you yeah. were, when you were talking about it, I was like, I need to look this up because James Franco is uh, James Franco has kind of become almost like a a more likable version of Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> where where he he a lot of the stuff that James Franco does, it's about he, 
it's like he doesn't care that much about being an actor or about being a sex symbol or about being a movie star. It's about him really wanting to be an artist. So when Definitely. You, so when you started yeah. talking about this film and you said like uh, James Franco, I was like, starring James Franco, I was like, I've got to check to see whether he directed it as well. And he did. <laughs> yeah, he did. He, 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 yeah. Did, he did direct it. And yeah, he is the kind of person who... Uh, yeah. Yeah, sorry, carry I mean, on. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was just going to say. I mean, I he was was he the green goblin or the green goblin's son? Was he was, it, was he it? was the green goblin he was yeah. the, well, the, I, the, that was And I Yeah, carry on. Yeah, that was. But I used to I used to think oh, what I now didn't really really rate him at all and that, but I do really really rate him because he did the other film the the disaster artist, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah he played Harry and, Osborne, yeah. Yeah, he played but he played Harry Osborne in the in the uh, Spider-Man ones, and I I didn't like him then. I didn't, as a, as an actor, I was like James Franco. Don't like him, but um, <laughs> you know, he's certainly certainly. I, I really really do enjoy his stuff now. So yeah, so for me, for me, this would be a four star film because I really really totally loved it. But I think that was because I could relate to everything that was in it. Yeah, and the Holy Mountain was the icing on the cake. I was like, that was like for me, that was like a wow moment. But I think for the majority of people. They probably wouldn't have liked this film. They would think it's all over the place. Yeah, so it, but, you you think it, it takes a real sort of cinephile to appreciate, appreciate definitely, the film. Yeah. definitely, and and you have to be in that particular time, I think, which is obviously which which which, which, is, I, which is, I come into that bracket. Yeah, right, right in your wheelhouse, right? In your yeah, wheelhouse. yeah, yeah. So so uh, for me, it's a four star. But don't you know if don't, don't go and watch it and say, what the hell was that? How could you possibly give that? <laughs> so so for for me, it's a four star. But it's not going to be everybody's cup of tea. Yeah, uh, well, Sean, you see, that's the thing. You could just tell anybody who comes up to you and goes, oh, I didn't like that film, Sean, you said it was good. You could just say, well, I guess you just don't know enough about cinema. Mm. I guess I guess, <laughs> I, guess I could have said that. I, I, yeah, guess, okay. I guess you're just not a big enough cinephile. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I could but do, it, but then uh, I'm not that sort of person. I'm not smug. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, well, I am. But, yeah. so, <laughs> well, it's, it, it's, um, uh, but I guess it's a bit like when you're talking about once a time in Hollywood and how yeah. for for people like uh, like us who like that that period and like that whole sort of like idea of what's going on or something like Hell Caesar, which really just sort of like you know it's, it's steeped in Hollywood and there's mm-hmm. a lot of stuff you just don't get if you don't if you're not into this into the films of that time you don't get what's happening when Channing Tatum does that everybody needs a dame song in hell season yeah. <laughs> you, you don't really you don't really get what's happening with some of the things when Brad Pitt or uh, DiCaprio or like when he goes into the search of what uh, on the set of that um TV show was it Bonanza or something like that you Bonanza. don't really yeah. Yeah, you, you you don't get that if you if you don't love like, film love, and go yeah and film. I guess that's a bit like this that there might be some stuff you'll get but there's some stuff you'll miss out on yeah all right, cool. So that was four stars, four stars with a caveat, four, four stars with an asterisk from Sean. It's like four asterisks. It's like, yeah, I loved it, but go do some research before you watch it. Go fall in love with 70 cinema and then you'll get it <laughs> from Sean. All right, so that's everything from us. And until next week, where we shall count down once more how close we're getting to the yes, sweet, yes. sweet return. What do you think the first cinema? one will be? I mean, I'm holding off on Godzilla. Yeah, I think it's Kong. going to be Godzilla and Kong. Then I maybe Bond so. will creep in there yeah. next. But I sh- I, I'm going to wait. I'm trying to not... I think I'm some of them are still holding off, aren't they? Because even though Britain might be opening up again, I think Europe is going through another wave and yeah. America looks like all their figures are ticking up again. Yeah. So I think some of them may even still hold off a bit longer. Wow. Yeah, well, well, the thing is that there have been some films because there's there's a film that's up for Oscars at the moment called Another Round with with Sharon. I'm looking at you. Who's in this film? Who's in this film? 
Mads Mikkelsen. Yes, Mads Mikkelsen. Ah. There's a f- and that was released getting in some Oscar buzz yeah it's getting some Oscar buzz and that was released in cinemas in some areas around the world where it was allowed to so I think that people are there are films that are trying to get into cinemas when they're allowed to and um, I think well there's some films I know I'm hoping come into the cinema I'm hoping that uh, there's one called Raya Raya and the Last Dragon um, with that is a Disney it's a Disney animated movie that was finished off during the lockdown and it looks amazing and it's on Disney Plus but it's not on Disney Plus they're doing that whole thing on Disney Plus that they did with Mulan where they are like um, that's what? a bit extra yeah pay for Disney Plus oh you pay for Disney Plus now pay another 16 pounds to watch this film and I'm like <laughs> no so so I'm hoping that that, that that gets released in cinemas I know Dune I think Dune is going to be a big one I think Dune is still on for release this year and in America they're still talking about releasing it on HBO Max and a lot of people are up in arms about that so i'm hoping that dune actually gets released in cinemas over here Mm -hmm. because i think we'll have cinemas over here before a lot of america does well well, i I, I hope godzilla kong is on because otherwise i'm gonna have to because i'm trying to not read anything about it or anything but i think the buzz is pretty good well well, i I mean i mean someone said to me yes this one's what you want to see this is monsters more than people so i thought good (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I read a review about that and I was like, it could have been me talking because I have maintained, I have maintained for a while since the Godzilla got released and it happened again in Kong Skull Island. I was like, you don't need humans in these films. Humans, <laughs> why Why are there humans in this film? Yeah. I would I would much rather see a silent movie where Kong comes back home to Skull Island and finds that Godzilla has swum across the ocean and wrapped up on his patch. <laughs> and then they have a fight because it's, this is my house, what are you doing in it? Yeah, yeah. There doesn't need to be any words in it. I will watch that for 90 minutes. <laughs> I don't need any human beings trying to make me think or explain their emotions because how the heck do you know what Godzilla's thinking? Exactly. <laughs> and uh, it's a problem I've had. I mean, the Godzilla one I thought was all right. Godzilla King of Monsters, I was like, I'm not so sure about that. And with... I Skull think, Island. Well, no, with Skull Island. Skull Island was all right, but I think the human mm. characters messed it up. And the, the and so with this one, is this one Godzilla versus Kong or Kong versus Godzilla? Because I know King... I know there was... No, I think King Kong versus Godzilla was a 1960s one. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And this yeah, one yeah, is Godzilla versus Kong. Mm. Yeah, and, and this one, I, there's a bit of me that thinks... Well, look at the cast that they've got in the film. They're going to want to give them something to do. And <clears throat> every line they give them is one more punch that we don't see Godzilla and Kong throwing against each other. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. so I, I don't... So I'm... I, I, I don't know about that one. Let me just... Let me leave it at that. Uh, but yeah, okay. until next week, when we, when we might find out what will be the first film released in cinema, it's a goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from me. Thank you very much for joining us. 